0: Hello there. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I am your host, Key, and I am joined by Claudia with a K and Tech. On today's episode, we wanted to talk about Pneumonia. Let's see it. Sure. As always, we want to begin with the story. At least, how we understand it. Or, like in Claudia's case, whatever she finds on the internet and combines into an essay-style description. If you don't mind, I'll begin. In a world combining medieval and futuristic culture that worships Glorith, name a bit on the nose, no? Anyway, we have one knight from a lower class in a society of the privileged make one mistake and instantly the whole world around them that they grew up in, turns on them. And that's where the opportunity arises for our fallen hero to meet the chaotic Nimona. An eccentric person with bright hair and some baggage from their past. Dick, what did you get out of the story?
1: So I'm going to sum up this story in a little bit of a different way. So, in 2023, Crack Commando Knight was sent to prison by a military corps for a crime they didn't commit. This knight was promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the kingdom underground. Today, still wanted by the government of the kingdom. And if you have a problem, and if no one else can help, and if you can find her, then maybe you should hire Nimona. Claudia, time for your essay. (laughs) Ha
2: ha ha. Thank you, gentlemen. The boss has asked. The boss shall get. I will begin. Nimona. So Nimona is essentially a New York Times best-selling graphic novel sensation from Andy Stevenson based on his beloved and critically acclaimed web comic Nimona a cute but mostly hyper and overextended animated sci-fi fantasy about a titled teenage shapeshifter and her, and her disillusioned and very literal knight in a shining armour. The story is set in distant future that follows the unlikely duo of the title character Nimona voiced by Grace Moretz, a bubbly post-manic pixie dream girl and Ballister Boldheart voiced by Riz Ahmed, a disgraced medieval-style knight of same of some unnamed realm who must defend himself after he's framed for murdering Queen Valerian. I could give you all more details. However, I don't want to give too much away. Uh, I guess if you are a bit intrigued by the description, I do recommend uh, you to watch it. Oh, sugar, have I just given away my rating?
0: Well to get back on the expected track and not jump the gun. We will get to that later. It does, however, bring me to our next section. What did we like about the
1: film? Deck? would you like to go first? So I'm going be, gonna to be jumping to the end here for myself with my likes. I think the third act was outstanding. Really, really signs true on the, the film. And the voice acting is extremely sharp. Um, the two leads have, Perfect chemistry bouncing off each other and you can definitely see, just even the way the animation is coming across, that I'd say if this was a live action, these two are going to be like a bundle of joy to work together, I'd say. Um, But saying that, I'm glad this film is an animated film because some of the transitions, the transformations of the title character, Nimona... I just don't think official effects or CGI could pull that off. Um, so, yes, the animation is amazing. And I do think it gets the message across. Um, and at times, it, there's a you, there's a very strong heart with the animation. Um, that, dare I say, I haven't seen that often from other Beak animation studios. Um you know, not referencing a small creature um, that may specialize in animation, but it definitely gives me this feeling of like a late 90s, early 2000s kind of animation film, you know, of that there's so much passion. You can see the people animating this film have a love for their craft and I, I couldn't Stop but enjoy it on that side. So when I say the third act is outstanding, you're wondering, hey, Dick, what about the rest of the film? I'll get to that. But the third act, I think, really, really kicks into the gear where when we get to my rating, that's where I, it really sold me on it. Um, but yeah, uh, how about you, Claudia? I know animated films are Usually outside your comfort zone.
2: Yes, you're 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 certainly right on that. Uh, I'm usually reserved about animated films, despite uh, being an art art nerd uh, myself. However, thanks to my co-host, uh, I'm kind of venturing out to other stuff. And to be honest with you guys, so far I haven't been disappointed. So you're doing something uh, right after all. Um, but kind of what you were saying, uh, Deck, even to myself, Nimona at times feels like a catalogue of best things from Pixar and Dreamworks with the kind of drama element uh, in it. And by saying it, I'm I'm not trying to offend it. Um, I'm actually quite okay with it, uh, to be honest with you. You get a healthy dose of friendly puns and gags. You chuckle a bit, get invested in the story. What else to ask for, you know? Um, the, the kind of the best part of the movie that I enjoyed is the fact that it plays on good old stereotypes. And despite your age, uh, it makes you kind of stop and think, Oh shit, is this actually happening? Now, obviously not the fictional, uh, part of the story, but the kind of message, uh, within. And when you think about it, uh, what, what do all Pixar and DreamWorks, uh, stories have in common? They take the simplest life lesson and build story around it. And Nemona is no different from this perspective. So for kind of all for younger audience, it shows that despite the kind of the the hardships of being different, there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel and things all work out in the end. You can have... You can have a crazy teenager to deal with, but perhaps there is a reason that they are acting the way they are acting, like a defense mechanism of some sort. Um, our instincts, our instincts always reject the unknown. It is scary, uh, but just take a moment and understand the bigger picture. Um, there are a lot of styles that are mixed here, and different kind of themes. We obviously have the the futuristic, medieval, punk like like style um, to the film. But it somehow works. Uh, and I have actually discovered that the styles um, of this movie were based on former Disney background artists. And I'm sorry for mispronouncing the way the, the name. Uh, Even Earl um, and then the illustrator, Charlie Harper, whose work I really enjoy myself. Um, of wait, course, wait, wait, wait. Wasn't
1: Charlie Harper the name of Charlie Sheen's character in Two and a Half Men?
2: I, believe it or not, I have not seen Two and a Half Men.
1: <laughs> we'll Google it, but I'm pretty sure it is.
2: We'll Google it afterwards. Could be an episode of Sides.
0: Is that the guy from before, Ashton Kutcher? Yeah. Yeah, that I know, yeah. yes. <laughs>
2: Uh, but anyway, just just kind of going back to, to Harper, because um, I think the man actually deserves um, a, a kind of a five minutes to talk about. So his work is, of course, more based on wildlife. But uh, when you think about his creative process and how that translates into this movie, you have to admit it is pretty impressive. And just to kind of give a, a bit more insight into that, um, I have a quote here from artist himself, that best kind of kind of describes his um, creative process. So Harper says that when I look at wildlife or nature subject, I don't see the feathers in the wings. I just count the wings. I see exciting shapes, colour combinations, pattern, textures, fascinating behaviour and endless possibilities for making interesting pictures. I regard... The picture as the ecosystem in which all the elements are interrelated, interdependent, perfectly balanced without trimming on unutilized parts. And herein lies a lure of painting in a world of chaos. The picture is one small rectangle in which the artist can create an ordered universe. So and now you may be wondering why I'm drilling into it so much. So when you think about it. We have a lot of different styles, medieval, futuristic, punk, hyper etc. So now think about it. All of these have very unique uh, kind of attributes and things that we associate with such styles. So imagine being an illustrator who is given this chaos and vomit of styles, who captures the essence and and then they kind of strip it down to bare minimum, and voila! Pretty impressive, isn't it? And apologies for taking so long to get my point across. Um, but I kind of hope you you get a gist of it. But um, anyway, moving on from uh, from my usual essay style. Uh,
1: no, I really like that, though. I thought that was a good bit of, you know, I read over your notes before we started recording. And I'm like, huh, OK, Just, you know, this is educational as well, let alone a film review. It's quite educational on art history and, you know, other animators and things like that. So you're yeah. no, so you implying there's a script? This is, no, there's, there's a no script. This is
2: all shooting from the hip. <laughs> um, no, but um, obviously kind of my own nerdy passions um, have to, you know, uh, seep through um, the script or you know the the recording um and this is actually something i i quite liked um about the movie that it kind of offered me to do that similarly with the other animated stuff you got me to watch regardless of you know how good or bad the story might have been i always
1: you said you liked spider-man
2: i like the colors i like the artistic element of it
1: there's plenty of cars in this
0: film, for sure. Yes, yes, there is. <laughs>
2: indeed, indeed. But, uh, Key, how about you? What did you uh, What did you like about Nimona? Uh,
0: yeah, I'll kick off, but we'll say that actually is quite good about the art side of it. That certainly isn't something that I'd be looking for in the film. And learning a little bit more about a less alcoholic Charlie Harper is also pretty good.
1: <laughs> mm, mm. While Claudia was going through um, the art history, we did do a quick Google. And yes, Charlie Sheen's character in Two and a Half Men was named Charlie Harper. There you go. So, yeah. And
0: yeah, they continue on. Just as Claudia said, aesthetically, this blends in multiple worlds. So there's medieval, modern day, futuristic tech. It's quite an interesting mix and gives it quite a bit of identity. For example, media broadcasts use the oldie-style text, which kind of defeats the purpose of modern-day text to be simpler to read for accessibility, but it is quite a deliberate choice, and I do like that they went there. This world also includes people of different sexual identities, but still maintains class warfare? Some things are eternal, I guess. And there are some scenes where backing music is actually music in the scene. Which I do like it when films and media do this. That it's not completely disconnected from the film as it's happening. And it is something that the character is naturally listening to at the time. And another small thing I like, There is uh, a cover that he quite liked the story in this and how it kind of harkened back to older animated films and i do think this is a good entry of films that will last for quite a bit of time it will age i think quite well it focuses on a strong story that people young and old will be able to enjoy and kind of stick with them for quite a few years uh in terms of some of the cast in this clory (laughs)
1: cory cory no no it's glory even worse (laughs) (laughs) who the fuck is (laughs) cory fudge switcher (laughs) right i'm editing this all right i can edit my own swears out
2: one second then i need a drink
0: and i thought i would mess up on the surname okay (laughs) who the fuck
1: is (laughs) cory
0: so so chloe grace Moritz's energy as limona is fantastic seeing the character relish every opportunity they see to do something chaotic is kind of infectious that high energy they bring into the scene the chatter of background characters is quite good uh one example is i'm not pushing you i'm encouraging you forward these kind of simple jokes play off quite well it's quite lighthearted. another
1: example is that actually reminded me of um toy story at the time when i heard that it's you know we're flying, oh no, no, we're falling with style. It kind of, I don't know, it's that little kind of a play of like, eh, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. uh, um, I don't know, was it an, an intentional nod or anything like that? It's a very loose connection, but yeah. yeah.
0: No, there's a difference Toy Story. That is a line they give to a main character, whereas in Nomona I applaud that they give it to background characters, yeah. NPCs, yeah. to widen out this world. Uh, another example is, there's one character that we kind of dislike, they're a partial villain And it's kind of been established that they're not very smart, including, so in one scene, they're trying to count down and they do one, three, where's the two? (laughs) I don't think you got that lesson. There's also a scene where the screen gets filled with cutouts of an internal conversation. This is an advantage of doing something in animation in how you can express what is happening in the scene and on the screen. You're not just limited with, your actors, the voice acting, you can bring in these other elements and through the power of suspension of disbelief, we can just kind of embrace this representation. In live action, if you do something like this, I don't think it pops quite as much. Like I know you said, Deck, before, you weren't sure how the transformations would work and that certainly is an advantage of animation. I would say, in partial defense of that, take an example of something not too recent, or something not too old, the Dungeons and Dragons film, I think did quite well with some of the transitions of their druid character into different animals. So no, no, it, it did,
1: actually. Yeah, no, they did. That's a good point. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe if this could have worked with it, but I definitely prefer it as an animated film. I, You know, I think it could have, yes, but... yeah, I, think I don't English... know, it's kind of uncanny valley that you could be heading down like.
0: Yeah, I think... The industry might not be ready for it yet, but there is some bit of promise there if they take away the yeah. right lessons. I don't know if the box office of Dungeons & Dragons will let them take away the right lessons. I
1: bloody <laughs> hope so. Um, that, that's a that's an episode for another day, but just on one of your points, um, Corey Grace Moretz, um, uh, this is obviously intentional. Um, I've seen her in two films this year. Um, Namona one. And I watched the Tom and Jerry film that came out a couple of years ago where she is the lead character in it. Well, the lead human character in it. And obviously all the animals are animated and things like that. And it's not to say that I'm typecasting her. It just seems to be, it just happens to be the last two films I've watched her credited in have animals in it. And there's always a chase and, you know, now Tom and Jerry were also, you know, accused of a crime they didn't commit in that film as well. So may, maybe she's just hitting those, you know, those scripts are coming to her maybe, and she's like, oh, you know, I like these kind of scripts. I question a world where an animal could be charged with a federal crime. <laughs> You'd be surprised Tom and Jerry does <laughs> hint on that pretty heavy. Perhaps moving on to a less
0: pleasant part of our podcast that we did not like about Nemona or have reservations
1: about Dick least pleasant and my name in when we come to dislikes is there reason i'm first did somebody write a script i mean if somebody was to write a script is there a reason i'm first for the dislikes i mean we don't have a script so it's okay it's okay i'm we're, we're i was gonna say we're going alphabetically but we're not but no for for dislikes as i was kind of saying with my likes the third act is amazing and you're wondering oh he said the third act is amazing what's is there an issue with the rest i do think it does take a while to fully click um and for myself i just felt it just didn't hit the right pacing um it's not a long film it is quite a brisk runtime um but it did just i don't know it just kind of muddled itself a little bit at the start it had set up the world very quickly so it did build the world very very quickly which I was immensely impressed with, usually, with, with these kind of films. that does, you know, they'll spend 20, 30 minutes just trying to build the world and the characters. I felt with this, it got the world. We knew the kingdom. We knew who's the good, who's the bad. You know, that kind of punk medieval type. It was very, very quick to get that. It's just... And that that was only five, ten minutes realistically. You know, I wasn't checking my watch or anything on it, but after that, once we got introduced to the characters and the story got moving and the, you know, we got all the the jokes and the laugh and the mona. We didn't just get then get just a huge dump of her character. Um and just the way the story was moving forward and the plot was moving forward. It just it didn't fully click with me, and I can see why they did it but if I was in that position I would have tried to sprinkle some of the the story development around a bit more um saying that though it did work out for them in the end because the third act does spin it so well where it's like thank you for watching up until now we have we are now about to reward you um and sometimes you do remember a film by how well it does end um so yeah I mean I did even though it's a dislike it just if I was to rewatch it I'm kind of going I know what I'm going in for now um, but that third act is worth it alone for that like yeah you you know you, you can appreciate it that little bit more so even though it is a, it's in the dislike category it's not even that big of a flaw to, for me to be honest um, but yeah Claudia, any artistic flaws?
2: And um, I even hate myself for for saying it. I I do have to say that I fully agree with what uh, Deck um, already said because my own my kind of nays uh, with with the movie is is the pacing and Nimona's backstory. So with the pacing, I I will honestly admit that for the first 20 minutes, I was thinking to myself, what have I gotten myself into? But um, after a while, I was kind of able to, to roll with it. So especially like what you were talking about, I don't know, some people feeling, you know, oh, I have to survive through the first and second act. Yeah, the third act really, really pays it off. Um, and the kind of the second thing I I had not even a problem with, but I, I kind of wasn't particularly happy about how it was approached, was Nimona's backstory. So kind of throughout the first and second act, um, there is that feeling of, you know, they keep it very guarded and and then just and then, you know, towards the end of the second act, they just dump it all um, on us. And I was kind of a little bit disappointed in terms of how they uh, delivered it. But um, again, to spin a negative into a positive, seeing the full movie, I understand why certain decisions uh, were were made, uh, because overall, it is a really, really good movie. Um, again, I wouldn't kind of have any as my co-host said artistic flaws with it. I would really need to start taking stills or looking at the stills from the movie and I don't think we have enough um hour in the day hours in the day to to start drilling into that. Um uh, but key, uh you recommended this movie to us as you were intrigued by the trailer. Um have you felt disappointed about it or any parts of it?
0: Well, Well, the animation is quite good, certainly on the faces. Oftentimes the bodies were a bit more clunky and lacked behind the facial performances of the character models. This kind of is a bit of a letdown because with the voice acting, with the really good facial expressions works really well. But then every now and again, it's a little bit let down by the body movements.
2: I'm sorry there now, I'm going to cut across you. Did you not listen to my lecture about realistic minimalism?
0: Oh, well, like there's minimalism in terms of design, but it's also just sometimes it's not as smooth. It's not, best way to describe it, it feels like something that was done quicker. So rather than a choice, because I think if it was a choice all throughout, there would have been a bit more minimalism on the faces as well. And this one, I think it's probably more so a case of budget and time constraints, is the feeling I get on it. And just, it's not a complete deal-breaker. It just took me a little bit out of the enjoyment of the film. But it is something that I can accept. But I didn't love it, so that's why it's here in the dislikes. The armor designs themselves, I felt, were a bit blocky. Uh, I can forgive that. It, As I said before, it just made... The level of care on these things a little bit inconsistent and another thing is this film also falls into the cliche of everything starts because one character isn't allowed to explain themselves and their attempts to explain are just ignored i know this is a handy narrative device we see it a lot but i'm getting a little bit tired of it in things because it kind of seems to imply that everything you do can just be ruined by one mistake. It doesn't really show a path to redemption as much. It doesn't show how people can learn to listen to others explain themselves a bit more. There is things done towards the end of a film, but that's more so with redeeming acts being done rather than simple discussion and communication. And it's, as these things are used a lot in films, it doesn't quite give the counter message as much so I would like maybe if they could have pushed a bit more for that but as I said it's a very handy narrative device it's been around for so long it's still going to be around for quite a bit more time but if it could be slowly phased out I would kind of like to see that in general for storytelling and as the third person speaking this is probably not something like an original take but it is my take Nomura's backstory comes a little late to the film <laughs> Uh, I would have preferred it sprinkled throughout the film, but He's my bit He's
1: robbing it to... from us, Claudia.
0: He's robbing it from us. Oh, you robbed it from me. <laughs> uh, not, not line, no script. <laughs> but, yeah, I would have preferred it to be. Uh, what's the Thoris scene for sprinkle? Um, rationed out <laughs> throughout the film rather than a single large info dump so that the story can move forward. Because it hadn't built up to the parts. Of the scene. This is in the overall runtime. Uh, Because so in the most. Backstory kind of feels like. It was a progression stopper. Rather than in. Enhancer to the story. Something that adds to it. And I think it's quite a good backstory. I don't get why you just. Leave it at once. Where it's a little bit. Odd to kind of do that. But. I'm not sure was this off the original source text or in the film that maybe someone came on later and was like, okay, we have to add this in. I can't see it fishing in here, there, there. So I see it fits in nicely here. And that's why it went there. But I will say I do applaud the use of showing this backstory rather than just telling it to us. That is a nice thing because show does beat tell when it comes to storytelling and development and Really, people will remember these visual and acted-out representations of story more than just one character monologuing or dialoguing out this information. So, I do like that they went with that. And now let's move to the most pleasant—well, I hope at least ratings. The most pleasant, oh, pleasant segment, probably. Oops.
2: Oops. (laughs) 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 Recovered. (laughs) For
0: those who are new to our podcast, we have a plain and simple rating system, and it goes a little something like this. Starting from the bottom, we have Don't See It. We've seen it, and we do not recommend it. We are protecting you, shielding you, as it is, from this content, and please don't waste your time. (laughs) Moving on up, we have Maybe See It. We're a bit undecided on this. You can take it, leave it. This is something that you see some positives here. You see some negatives. And you can kind of see how you could recommend this to people. But you still have that little bit of reservation there. And moving on up to our top rating. See it. This is a really good film. Masterpiece even you could say. That we really enjoyed. We really think this is something that people can also watch. And appreciate. And... This is something that we think, got to get the word out. These things deserve to be seen. They deserve the exposure. And just a small disclaimer here, all ratings are subjective and are based upon our own likes, experiences, preferences, and so on. So, Claudia, would you like to start?
2: You want to get the tough one done first, huh? Um, But I will actually... um surprise you. Um, it is a see it for me for, I suppose, all the reasons I said before when we were talking about um, our likes. It is nuts. Yes, on so many different levels, but it works. Uh, it definitely kind of touches on some difficult topics. Um, and I I feel that it, it kind of deals with it uh, really, really well. Um, obviously, with any movie, we can drill into, uh, you know, um, the flaws. But I don't think it's needed uh, for this one because this movie is very approachable for younger audience as well as adults. It has a little bit of kind of jokes and laughs, but it has more kind of serious um, topics that that it deals with. So, yeah, definitely a a see it for me. But, Deck, how about yourself? Yay? Nay? Uh, For me,
1: it's a see it. Um, Even with the dislike of maybe, I don't know... The first half of the film is kind of okay. Um, The third act is extremely strong where it does leave a lasting effect. Um, And it is definitely worth checking out just for that alone. And also, it's an animated film, not from a big studio. Yes, Netflix is a big studio, but they're not known for animation. It's not DreamWorks. It's not Disney. It's not Sony. It isn't a recognizable brand, um, and it is fresh, you know, so I do think supporting a film like this is quite good, but saying that when I say see it, it is just it's an all ages kind of a film. An adult can watch this with their kids, kids can watch this on their own. I think there is a very, very good message that comes across in this, um and a message that is told with a heart. Not just a good message, but there is a heart behind it as well. And key. Last but not least, or amazing host for this episode. Do you want to throw us a curveball? Or are you going to say?
0: I wind you up, I wind you up. He's known
2: for doing that
0: soft pitch it is a see it from me this film has strong performances good visual comedy and a good core story that it handles very well in my opinion this will be a good film to kind of bring into let's say the rotation of films to show young people so it kind of feels like seeing a modern pixar or disney classic kind of come to the front where this will be something that some people remember fondly and yeah it's definitely a good film to watch it handles this message message very well i don't feel that it really plays too heavy-handed on it and for that even alone i say see this movie and kind of to start closing this out the core story of this film is about the acceptance of one's identity both by society and the person themselves because if you start to suppress that some people will express it very loudly and it's kind of showing that there are downsides to kind of not allowing people to accept themselves and I think this film handles that message very well. It also covers that parents can kind of be responsible for teaching their children to hate. We have this world where they saw one monster in virtue commas a thousand years ago and built a literal walled city that no one can leave
1: to hell. Just as a closing remark. It is a fun animated film uh, from Netflix that I do think will still fly under the radar. While all the good press it's getting and it is on Netflix. I do think it is just going to be that like it's slightly under the radar. I feel like this is something people will come back to in a couple of years and go. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is, I think this film will age extremely well. I think I think you could still enjoy it. I don't think the themes are going to age. I don't think the art style is going to age. Yeah, once Netflix is still around, <laughs> it is still there, um, it is definitely able to watch. So, so far in a very strong year of animated films, um, it's definitely a very strong contender around anyway, that's for sure.
2: You have to say uh, to you, Keith, that well spotted because it's not something I would have kind of picked myself. Um, So, yeah, keep keep them coming.
0: All right. So thank you both for this conversation. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Let's See It Sure podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. Good night. Good morning. Good afternoon. Wherever you are listening.